Hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. I'm going to talk today about my story of meditation and really the sacredness of this practice, this thing that's already inside of us that a lot of us think that we cannot achieve or that it's too hard or that I just don't do that thing and um, the different ways to go about it. So I began really, I mean, I think we all really unconsciously meditate in some form or another. Um, I, I keep thinking about, okay, when have been these moments? Because for me, like the peak of a great practice of meditation is really um, opening to presence, um, to the right here, the breath, the right now. It's like something super holy and sacred because in reality, it's all that you have is this present moment. And so uh, there's so much, you know, anxiety and stress and disorders and disease and all this madness that keeps us really from experiencing this constant presence because we're getting pulled out from so many different directions. So I kind of just want to lay, um, I'll just tell you my experience, okay, like my, my history or how, looking back how I think we all sort of begin or can maybe identify with this um, experience of presence, of having a calm mind that the body is so soft and relaxed that you can actually be just really nowhere, just wherever you're at, you know, without planning or anxious thoughts or futurizing or catastrophizing, saying just like enjoying the moment. And I think when I was really young, I grew up in Mexico City and every weekend we were road tripping. Valle de Bravo, Cuernavaca, Toluca, the, my grandparents had a ranch or we'd be going down to the beach, wherever. But we were always on the road and you know, we didn't have cell phones. Uh, and so mainly the road trips were rolling down the window and just staring out in these beautiful sceneries of just trees and mountains or lakes or, and I remember like the trees just going by, like, you know, when you're on a road trip and it's just going so fast and you're just staring at outside, whether there was music in the car or not, there was, I can remember moments and, you know, think about this. Maybe you can remember this too, where you're just like, you're just lost in space, lost in time, and you're just, uh, your body's so calm. And I think for me, that's one of the experiences that I can, you know, cultivate now uh, when, I, when I sit and meditate. And so, or walk and meditate or dance and meditate, whatever. You don't have to just specifically sit, and I'll get to that in a little bit, if that's something that stresses you out. But so these road trips, you know, just going in the car or in the bus or wherever, just seeing these things go by so fast, just kind of get your brain waves in the state of um, of calm, you know, theta waves. And, um, you know, as I started thinking, okay, you know, you, you get older and we moved, I moved to Tijuana when I was young, around 10, so we were always at the beach. And San Diego, Rosarito, Playa de Tijuana, wherever we were, I'm, I mean, the beach is my place to calm. And I didn't really click 100% on how that uh, was so helpful in such a time. I had, a, you know, kind of a hard time moving from Mexico City to Tijuana and like the whole middle school stuff. And like, and just every day that we go to the beach, it was like this calmness. And guess what? The sound of the oceans is like the sound of the breath and just sitting there like <laughs> it's like this you don't really notice it you're not telling your 12 10 15 year old self oh self 
We're here and our body is self-regulating because of these sounds and because you're barefoot and you're actually, your electromagnetic field is connecting and with the earth, you're just not thinking about that, but that's kind of what's happening. And that's another form of this meditation because your body, your brain is calming down, therefore your body softens and there's healing, there's a, there's a sense of okayness. Um, and as time went by, you know, and I, I don't know, maybe just like barely when I was getting out of high school, I started to do a lot of theater and performing arts. And part of the training that, that we did was yoga. So I started to do a little bit of yoga, breathing here and there. And, you know, breath to movement, breath to movement. Unknowingly, you are literally um, slowing down the, the nervous system. So you're like, inhale hands up to the sky, you know, exhale all the way down. And as you're doing these movements, um, sort of like watching the breath coming and going, next thing you know, at the end of the yoga session, you're like, whoa, dude, everything's really groovy. Like, I feel very calm. <laughs> and it's like a meditation in movement. You know, you're, you're not, I wasn't really 100% aware of what I was doing, but it just, it felt good. It was cool. And then, you know, and like, I don't know, it was part of what we had to do. So I just did the yoga. And um, as time went by, also like in dancing and performing for and preparing for these shows, like there was a lot of like breath to movement and, um, and drumming. And we would get, I remember getting into these states of like, almost like a psychedelic effect of like wanting to leave my body because there was so much drumming and we were just moving and moving. We were doing anthropologic theater or something like that. Teatro Antropología. And, um, you know, I don't know how young I was, maybe 21, 22. It was just like, whoa, I feel like I'm a jaguar about to leave my body. And it was just the drumming and the movement to breath um, that gets would get me in this like shamanic state. And back then, I, I wouldn't have even known what to call it. It was just like, you know, fun and kind of cool and a little bit scary. But we were doing this. And then, you know, as time went by, uh, because I also think that that's part of the sacredness of these states of meditation that we can get into. Um, something beyond what we've been programmed to just think is taboo or, or no, that's just for the hippies or you don't do that. You know, it's like this innate healing modality that drumming and moving breath to movement can get to you. And, um, and so those times were very, very deep and, and powerful, very profound. Um, and as I, of course, you know, during those times, I was also, you know, probably smoking a little too much, uh, whatever there was available to smoke. And as time went by two or three or four years later, and I got into recovery meetings, step 11 in recovery was we, I think, I don't remember exactly, um, we sought through prayer and meditation to, you know, get a closer connection to our higher power and so I was not about to pray I was all about no, 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 fuck prayer and the church bullshit but I was all about meditation and I remember in the first three or four months that I was barely like not drinking finally like I couldn't fucking believe it I was in these meetings and I was like dude four days 40 days four months what the hell is happening these circles of sharing and um, breathing together were so powerful and I was like 
I'll do the steps. I'll do whatever you tell me. And step 11 was to meditate. And I had my friend Sergio, um, El Chon, who's just a lovely human being. I remember, well, he, he, you know, first of all, he got me my first job, like real job. I was playing music and doing theater, but I guess those were real jobs. N scratch that shit. I just got a job from him. They were all real. But this one was a job with a coffee shop where I was like making, um, you know, um, getting paid every week and he he said he would he would meditate with his buddhist friends and so he's like you want to come meditate with me and i was like oh yeah i think that's step 11 let's go so i would go with him we would sit and i had my beads and we would just meditate and meditate and meditate wherever whenever i could like i would go with him we'd go to the, this temple we'd go to his friend's house we'd just do it together i would do it at my apartment by myself and I began this practice that was just, I was holding on to dear life with these chants and with these little beads and I didn't know what I was saying, but it didn't matter. I was just sitting there doing the work that I needed to do to connect to my higher power, which really was myself, but I didn't know that back then. And um, it doesn't matter sometimes what you know, it's just your experience. And my experience was so dope. It was like, um, it was so calming. I remember one time we went into this little, I don't know if it was a temple or a friend's house and everybody was chanting, chanting. And I got so into it, I just began to sing. I was just like, while they were doing like the Nam Renge-kyo, Nam Gyo-ho, I mean, on and on and on. It was like these beautiful chants that just tranced you into this deep relaxation. I would just be like, and just, I was just going, man. I didn't really think about it. It was just happening. And then at the end, when I kind of like came back to it, I was like, oh, wait a minute. They're going to tell me that I was fucking up with the, the meditation. And Sergio was so sweet. He's like, man, when you were vocalizing, it was so cool. And that was such a cool experience. And I remember that lasted for months and months. We were just kept on meditating. Then I met my husband and we would still meditate at the house. And, um, we would do it so regularly and I wasn't so aware really of what I was doing or or the technique behind it that I've that I've now like sort of studied and read about um, but I remember being so light and very grounded not really getting upset about things and being super reactive it was just like you know we were so chill you know fast forward a few years later and you know you get married and kids and mortgage and things get a bit more and more and this full-time job because I took the red pill or whatever the color of the bad pill is and went into this um, government job and it was intense and stressful and I stopped my practice I would go to yoga once in a while but mostly I was just working out working out working out. well when I was having babies I wasn't doing anything it was just like barely surviving I mean um, I tried to not beat myself up too much about it, but you just, I couldn't keep up with, you know, babies and work and this and that, and then putting in the two hours. Then I began running because that was something that I could actually do. And I had my comadre nearby who would run with me. So we'd be up at the crack of dawn, like crackheads literally running <laughs> at 5.15 in the morning. And the running was a meditation. So it was super hard at first, but you know, if you run or do long walks, you know, at first you're just like, why the fuck am I doing this? Oh my God. And then it just kicks in after, I don't know, 10, 15, whatever minutes, something just switches in you that where you're just like going and we would run in the dirt, you know, and 
there was all these trees in nature and somehow um it was just timeless again so that's i think that was a form of like meditation it was just like this calmness and we would you know we would run we wouldn't run that much if you compare it to like marathon people it was like five six miles sometimes seven eight miles and um the experience after was just so calm you know the body was we released all this energy and you just sit there and look at the lake because we lived over by the lake in east lake and it was just like the trees and it was it was magical um and so it was like a walking running meditation you were just i was like watching my feet wherever they were sitting wherever they were hitting every time and breath to movement breath to movement and it was all the breath and i and you know a few years later when i really started to uh kill myself in crossfit and these runs i don't know you know i was running for myself i was clearly had so many traumas that i wasn't aware of or i identified but i was just really really killing it it's my you know killing it and killing myself <laughs> in crossfit and i remember one of my friends in crossfit used to go to car power yoga after the sessions and i thought well maybe i'll try it so i would go once in a while just to stretch um it was great you know hit it up here and there but i didn't really start my deep practice um until i was injured i was injured i couldn't really do you know my spine i, I don't know i was in one of these competitions and it was too much so i started i had to go to yoga every day because you know the physical therapist that i saw told me you're going to kill your spine so yoga it is. so whatever i started to do the exercises and a lot of things were happening during that time in my life and one of them was that all the church people that I used to hang out with were getting really, really fundamentalist on me because of yoga and Buddha and having a more open mind. And I had never really been in such close contact with people that were actually running the business of this church. So it was like, hey, 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 what do you mean meditate? What do you mean yoga? And I'm like, what do you mean? What do I mean? It's the same thing. And so I was having a little bit of an existential crisis and I reached out to uh, Felina Hertz. You've heard me talk to her about before in the podcast and she suggested that I do these contemplative practices which was really meditation but so I began again just like I was holding on to dear life in the step 11 in my early you know mid-20s um, because I just wanted to get a closer contact to my higher power I began to do sorry that was a phone I'll turn it off this is my Tesla recovery podcast with lots of interruptions and phones and and so anyway, then I would go, she taught me how to sit and I had a timer and it was like, just be still, be still and know, be still and know, be still and know. And I would, you know, I had a lot of questions about who has the authority of knowing who God is anyway. This is why I'm calling this podcast, the sacredness of meditation, because back then I was just, I really wanted to know, like, am I right or am I wrong? Because it was so ingrained in me that it was, it had to be, you know, you know, I don't know, Jesus or Mary, whatever, God, it was a guy. And who, and I was like, I just don't think that that's the truth. And I, and I knew, I never believed it 100%. But, you know, I got so involved with all these people that were running the show, blah, blah, blah. And so I was having this intense moment of I don't want I don't need to convince anyone I just want to know and so Felina said well to know you need to be still again 
I had my little timer. I would light my candle I, and I would just begin to just, she would just tell me, just notice your breath coming and going and time it. And it was so, it, I guess it could have been hard, but for me, I was so desperately just wanting to get better, wanting to know that I was willing to do whatever it took. And so that, that was my desire to heal was so intense that I would set the timer and just notice my breath coming and going. And then when I started to think about other things, I would just be like, breath, okay, take a peek, mm, okay, we're, you know, we're at 19 minutes, we're at 22 minutes, we're at and once I just started to get used to this, I would sit for 40 minutes in the morning and 40 minutes at night, and all I would do is notice my breath, notice my breath, notice my breath, and a lot of things happen when you're noticing your breath in the dark with a little candle for 40 minutes. Um, I was still doing a lot of yoga and exercising. So I was like releasing a lot of the anxiety and the energy of stress from my body before I would sit, which is important because I, I, I'll tell you the more and the more I practice yoga at core power, because at first I was like kind of pissed off about it. And then a lot of things started happening. Like I would cry and I would feel these emotions and I would be like, what's happening with these you know, with these classes, like, and every time, the more I would go, the more after the class, I was ready to sit for 40 minutes or whatever many minutes, um, because it's easier sometimes when you've moved that energy out of your body, uh, whether it be by walking or dancing or yoga or whatever. But when I was started to sit there, at one point I told my husband and, you know, Felina was guiding me. It's good to have a guide. She was a great teacher. Um, and I had some great audio books. And I, I, I had these like experiences in this quietness of just pure love and calm. And I one time I just knew I, I, I got up one day from the, from the morning sit and I told my husband, I know who God is. I am God. And he basically was like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, he, there was like five, six years ago. He, he knows now, you know, he's had his own experience now to tell you, of course, not, nobody knows shit, but just the experience of this connection, which is uh, probably what they were up to on the 11th step over there. It just gets you to connect. And so I began to study and read and read and read more about it. And um, what happens in, um, in I think, in, in my journey or in our journey is that we're continuously expanding our consciousness, right? And so for so many of us, we want to make it a logical thing in our head, but it really, that has something to do with it, but it's not really a hundred percent of the journey. And so after, um, after this experience of me doing the, the work with Felina, I began to get more curious about the technique behind mindfulness. And I got to, you know, the mindfulness school and trauma informed mindfulness and began to do longer, um, um, longer sits with, with experiencing meditation. And I started to actually guide meditations. And I began to notice how it was really hard for some people. Some people would fall asleep. Some people were just like, okay, I'm not going, I can't, I can't do this anymore. And so, uh, I began to study with Kate Beckel and I saw that because I would teach prison yoga with teach prison yoga project inside of the jail and a lot of the yoga that we would teach there, you couldn't, you really didn't want to tell people to breathe in and out because that could be a trigger. And you really had to like, you can show up there 
with your little um, yoga sequence and just do it to the key. You really had to be like able to, okay, this person has a bad knee and this person over here, I don't think they're going to be able to do that pose. So it was a lot of modification and winging it and forgetting about this freaking sequence. So what we began, I began to notice that there's a lot of ways to break all these, mm, I wouldn't really necessarily call them rules, but the expectations about things need to be. And I began to just notice like, okay, if you're having a hard time breathing, maybe Maybe the point of focus isn't going to be your breath. Maybe we'll just wiggle your toes, wiggle your toes, you know, and not wiggle your hands and just kind of look up and down. And I began to study about how the central nervous system in our body is wired for survival and for protection. And so it's hard sometimes to just tell somebody, just sit down and just meditate when you are, you can't close your eyes. And maybe somebody that raped you told you to just breathe and relax and breathe and relax. How the fuck are you going to breathe and relax when you're having that memory inside of your body? And so there's, I, re, I began to, to, to realize there's a lots of different approaches um, to enter into this or, you know, to enter into meditation whether it be a guided meditation or something different, but but we really need to pay attention to what personally works with our bodies. And that's part of this being like sacred because there isn't just one plan that if you if you don't fit into it, you're never gonna be able to experience this this calmness or this or this um this bliss that some people might call it bliss, right? And once in a while it'll be a bliss for the most part you're just practicing. It's like practicing tennis or football or law or whatever the, the more you practice the more you practice sometimes you know you're going to have a great outcome and sometimes you're not but you begin to maybe enjoy it and you practice something because you want to be good at it or because you have a goal and for me the goal of meditation was to heal and when your body is relaxed and rested um, the body is able to come in and heal itself because we are the medicine. The medicine is inside of you. So the sacredness of this meditation practice is really that you can learn to become aware that you have the capacity to work with this body that you have, this organic computer, and little by little, um, watching your breath or noticing parts of your body or maybe moving or maybe dancing a little with some music, you're able to softly... Um, Notice every part of this human incarnation that you're in, your hands, your nails, your nose, you know, at the bottom of your seat. Your and little by little, you can cultivate this, um, this difference, right? You begin to notice, like, I'm really, really, really anxious and accelerated, but when I put on my headphones and this music and this guided meditation, I fall asleep or I feel really relaxed. And then I get super, super anxious when I have to wait five hours at the line at the bank. And then when I come home, I put my headphones on or I'm in the car and I put on this music and I listen to the guided meditation and I'm aware of my body and the way it's moving. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm really calm. So you can begin to notice how whatever you're thinking has the capacity to affect the way that your body responds and vice versa. There's memories caught up in your body that sometimes you're not aware of. And so you need to break break in with a practice of walking in awareness, which that could be meditation, or dancing in awareness, or just laying down or sitting and look in front of the ocean and just looking at the waves. 
It doesn't always have to be with your eyes closed in the position of the Buddha. Um, there's so many other modalities of, of getting into this space of connection. I like to say that our bodies are like the conduit of this energy that goes from the bottom of the earth all the way to wherever, you know, up there Milky Way area in the space. And so it's like plugging in uh, a blender or a blow dryer. You know, it's not going to turn on unless you plug it in. And so when you sit, especially if you're sitting outdoors, you know, on the grass, on the sand, on the piece of dirt, whatever, but wherever you're at, and then you begin to notice your breath um, and move around if you feel like you need to move around a little bit and just uh, begin to train your mind to sit and stay like a little puppy. And little by little, you're just like, it's okay. It's okay, mind. Just sit and stay. You know, we're not going to play right now. And I see you have all these worries and all these laundry lists and all these things and all these people that I need to tell this to and blah, 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 blah. Okay, fine. I notice you. You just keep coming back to your breath and your sitting. And what happens is the more and more you understand what you're capable of doing with your body, the more and more you practice and cultivate this capacity that you have. It's like driving a car. It's like training an amazing fucking badass stallion. The more and more you practice, you begin to notice and you're just like, I am a fucking goddess, dude. I could, this is like intensely beautiful and it's medicine for everyone. And you can put music and you could do the samples or not. You can be in silence. And next thing you know, you're just like connecting um, with this life force energy that runs through you, that lives through you. That is your breath. And that is sacred. It's like a sacrament. It's intense. And, and it helps in so many other areas. Once you begin to, to taste this and to, to practice this and to just be able to turn it on inside of your mind, inside of your body, a breath of like instant, you, because you begin to train your body to instantly leave the fight or flight or calm it. And then you use the front part of your brain, which is the more developed, more evolutionized part of the brain that is aware and can calm you. And it's like, no, you're not in danger right now, not in this moment. And you're able to soothe and to soften and to make better choices. So when you begin to taste this um, gift that we all have the capacity to do, but we think we don't because life is going at 150,000 miles an hour, but you do, you have this capacity. When you begin to touch this, life just gets juicier. And even though sometimes it's hard and there's difficulties, you still are not losing your shit. Um, or maybe you are, but you're calm about it <laughs> and you're aware and you're not, you know, doing something irrational or stupid because you're just aware that part of this is also knowing that we share suffering with everybody else. And then the, the human condition is going to encounter suffering, but you can be mindful of it and know and have a lot of self-compassion. And there's so many different types of practices on self-compassion and loving kindness and awareness and awake awareness and I mean the list and the intensity of it goes on and on but this this capacity that we have is I mean if you deeply desire to live a better life freer more open to love then you've got to try this uh, as a practice it, it, it's 
it's an it's a tool that we can all have on our belts um and you start with one minute a day move it up to three move it up to five or if you're walking then it's your walking meditation you know you're just all you know it is it's like a mindfulness of mm, you know it's like a mental state achieved by focusing your awareness on the present moment so if you're walking right now i'm walking and you're calmly acknowledging accepting you know whatever's happening i'm walking i'm walking i'm tired i'm hot i feel sad angry whatever okay that's what i'm feeling right now it's cool my body feels kind of warm kind of hot whatever and you're just it's like these techniques that you start to learn and what they do is they get you number one in your body instead of just tripping out on your mind number two um in the moment because catastrophizing and anxiety are all in the in the future and in the past in the present moment is your breath in the present moment is reality great spirit god whatever you want to call it goddess um it's this just uh, opportunity to realize wow i'm here right now and this is so beautiful i'm just calm and awake because it's going to end folks it's going to end and this breath will help us when we have to leave and it'll um it helps us right now to live calmer better lives especially in the situation that our world is in the more we practice this as we connect and we become aware of this sacredness of our lives of our breath and open our hearts and process you know pain and grief and trauma then we're able to see other people um, with softer eyes with less judgment so it starts within with our own medicine of sitting and so I, I'm, I'm telling you my story here because I'm going to begin another introduction to mindfulness course it begins September 7th and so you can join me it's gonna we're gonna meet every Monday for four Mondays about an hour and 15 minutes and I'll, you know we're going to talk about what it is how it works science behind it um and then i will and then we're going to practice short little practices here and there so if you want to get a taste of how this works and work in a group and be, join my community in this in this journey of mindfulness i encourage you to send me a message um that you want to sign up or go to my webpage grisalves.org slash events and sign up in there and uh and join me because what we'll do is we'll get together i'll teach you the techniques where it comes from how it works and then i will also be sending um, guided meditations to you by recording i'm also going to post some up here on the podcast right after this one as well just short meditations to realize you know when you do these i want you you know take a note of how you start it and then how you end it and it doesn't you don't always have to end calm and bliss you just notice what happened maybe you got you a little riled up maybe it got you scared maybe it got you anxious okay just notice so meditation is just about noticing how your body responds because your body is very intelligent and it gives you these signals and then you can tend to them you know why is my heart beating so fast like what am I scared am I excited what's going on and then you you write about it so it's really an intro um introspective it's a, it's a research of your own 
breath of your own spirit of your own body and that's how we that's how you can realize wow i've i've had my own medicine this whole time i've been asking other people to tell me what to do and the answers here and there and what did grandma grandpa whatever the teacher the people said and it's always it's always been inside of me and so we can take our power back through these practices through our awareness of our bodies of our breath of what we're doing um, my husband for the longest time I would tell him come on dude you gotta he would just be like oh god I don't have time or yes maybe here once in a while he'd do it he'd fall asleep and this past year he's really taken up meditation it's going to be one year here now around I think the end of September that he's been daily meditating I mean sometimes a couple hours a day sometimes more twice a day and he just told me a couple days ago you've given me the biggest gift which is really the meditation it has been so healing he encourages so many people every day at his meetings and it's just I see he is a different person he's gonna have to come on here and tell you his story because it's a lot deeper than that and it's so cool to just see how this how this practice is so transformative it connects you to great spirit which lives inside of you whatever you want to call it god is reality you know the most mother earth the, i don't know the healer it doesn't matter it, it doesn't care what you call it <laughs> um and whatever you name it, it's so much, much, much bigger than that. And it breathes through you. I mean, what the heck is happening with us here? It's amazing. So that's where I'm going to leave it at right here. The sacredness of, of meditation, of waking up aware of where you're at and what you're doing. And of making a choice of what you want to do with that awareness. Thank you for listening to Tales of Recovery today. May uh, may we all may this may this podcast serve awakening, like my teacher prays, Tara Brock. May we all may this serve awakening. May we all continue to awaken together. Peace and thank you, and we'll see you next time.